Hello, today I'm so, so happy to be here with my wonderful, gorgeous, amazing friend, Shaman Durek. How are you, Durek? I'm great. Hello, Kay. It's a pleasure to be here. and I'm so happy and honored to have this time with you. I think we're just going to have the most uh, interesting, uh, fascinating conversation because you have such a wonderful and original unique perspective on the world which really uh, deeply resonates with me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I thought a good place to start would be to just maybe tell people what your definition of a shaman is because it's a word that's become quite kind of trendy now and I feel you know like everything when it becomes popular it gets a bit diluted so how would you define a shaman? What is shamanism to you? Uh, a shaman is someone who is willing to um, live outside of the social system as well as be a part of it so that they can gain perspectives about things from a different point of view and then basically communicate information from the ancestors and from the invisible planes that the perception that people live within society are not privy to. So that way that they can be able to um, take that information in and then, you know, use it to empower themselves. So the, the shaman is a bridge to find, to getting you to see yourself and your powers in the most loving and effective, no-nonsense kind of way. And whatever means that take, if, the, if shamans have to you know, utilize med, plant medicines to do it in a very sacred way or if they have to take you on you know, journeys or if they have to sit down and talk with you or if they have to break patterns inside of you, um, the shaman will do it. The, 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 the purpose of the shaman is to forward evolution in, in a way that is actually working for everyone. And that the information and data that is coming in is that you learn to use that information in a way that actually supports your evolution instead of degrades your evolution or, uh, or limits you as a species and as an individual person that's supporting the collective. Amazing. Do you, do you think people can train to be a shaman? Do you think they can learn or is it just a gift that you're born with? I think, honestly, that people can learn. I think, yes, I mean, there's a gift, of course, that you're born with, but I do believe those gifts can be developed. I mean, we are all magnificent beings, and we have such capacity for growth and learning. It just requires, you know, a level of discipline, which to me is pure passion, and a willingness to, to take a, a humility, um, humility and humble role in your learning process. Because, you know, in shamanism... Um, you're not going to be dealing with very conventional things. You're going to be dealing with the unconventional. And so therefore you have to be willing to be flexible enough to take in the knowledge and information that is going to be given to you from the um, elder, from the teacher. Or if I, when I take on students, this is one of the first that I look for is that the level of, of quality and their ability to be flexible um, to themselves and then to the world. Um, then I do believe it's possible for a, a person to obtain um, learning shamanism and applying it to their, to their life. And I honestly believe that um, shamanism is and will be a lifestyle choice in the very um, next year to two to three year process because of, you know, the level of information that shamanism offers you for growth and, and enhancement. Uh -huh. So when yourself, when did you realize when you, you were a shaman, when did you start claiming that as a, as a title? Well, um, I never, I didn't claim, I mean, I knew that I was going to be a shaman since I was a kid. Uh, I was like five years old and I knew that my grandmother and, and, and her father and, you know, the bloodline that goes down in our family in Africa 
in West Africa that we that shamanism was definitely something that um, was going to be a part of my life. Um, I didn't claim it though until I got into like my teens because of the fact that I was um, not a hundred percent clear if I was hundred percent ready to to take on that title to be that person, and and even the fact that I call myself Shaman Durek. You know, is only I put that there to let people know, like, you know, because there's so many people, you know, I could just call myself Dirk, but that doesn't really let people know, you know, the do's and the energies that I've put in to becoming Shaman Dirk. So it's like there's a lot of people who can call themselves a shaman, but a true shaman is one who is devoted at least 20 years, you know, or 15 years of training um, and has applied the information in a way that that they see has worked. Um, both on themselves and on others, and as well has been able to um, hold a level of connection to the other side, to the spirit world, and also hold a connection to the physical plane as well, and has a relationship with the elements, and also knows how to communicate and relate to all walks of life. So it's not just one type of person. It means that you're flexible, open, and that your love um, is, is all-encompassing. And so to get to that place, a shaman has to go through many trials and they have to take a rites of passage. And, you know, what really de- what identifies a shaman is their, their capacity for love. That's the first thing. And then the other is also um, uh, their rites of passage. So I took mine, I took on being a shaman before I took my rites of passage, but I didn't take it fully on until I came back from my rites of passage at age 28. Um, and then that's when I was like, yeah, I'm definitely the shaman and I'm definitely can't deny it anymore. <laughs> so do you meet people who are doing shamanic work and don't know it? Is it possible to, to, to be a shaman without realizing it or is it a thing that you have to make a conscious choice around? Uh, yeah, I do meet people who are shamans and they don't know it. Uh, however, there are certain things that are limiting them from seeing the potential of it. And it could just be parental things that they've taken on um, emotionally or certain patterns that they've been building themselves into based on the social system and the school system and how they were trained to think um, as a deduction in, um, um, to life. So, you know, most human beings think in the way of, of, of you know, this idea of logic. But they don't understand that, that, you know, true logic is not found in your ability to problem solve. True logic is the one that you're able to bring discovery into things and, wow. then, um, and then create hypothesis off of those discoveries. Wow. And so... That. Can you just say that again? That's brilliant. True logic... True logic is one who, 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 who looks for discoveries and then makes hypothesis off of those discoveries and then draws conclusions. Amazing. And so therefore, like most people will say, oh, I'm a logic person. I don't believe in the, I don't believe in these things. I'm like, well, you're not a logic person at all. You're actually quite <laughs> fantasy because, because a logical person would, a logical person would test those theories to see if they exist and, and, and run, um, you know, analysts on those, on those theories and then draw a conclusion before they decide to, de- to debunk it or to, you know, dismiss it as, as um, you know, as uh, what we call, um, you know, mumble jumbo or however people want to call it these days. And so a lot of people live in fantasy and most of humans, I would say a great portion, I would, you know, I don't want to give like an exact number, but I would say a huge amount of people 
live in fantasy. And what I mean by that is that most people base their lives off of assumptions and base their lives off of things. They react to things that they don't really have knowledge on because they're in judgment, which is also based in fantasy. And, um, and they draw conclusions without facts. So a lot of people are afraid of the unknown. They have no facts of why they're afraid of it. People are afraid of getting in relationships. They have no reason. They, they base it off of things that happened in the past, which is basically not, you, you can't draw hypothesis off of the past. You can draw a comparison, but you can't draw a, a, tr a true analyzation of that the same circumstances are going to take place again because you had, you, you, know, you had something happen to you in the past. These are all based in fantasy and fiction. And so most human beings live in fantasy and fiction, but call themselves logical beings, <laughs> which um, in truth, you know, is not logical at all. And shamans are very logical. And so you'll know if you're dealing with a real shaman is if they, if they operate from that logical perspective. If they come from a place of like telling you, oh yeah, you know, there's these amazing orbs and you know, you have to do this and that, and, and they don't really have a reason why that actually applies to where you are right now in your evolution. Because, you know, it's, it's great to, like, talk about past lives and all these things, but, like, again, does it relate to where you are in your life right now? Is it relating to the way you live your life right now? And is it helping you move forward in your life right now? Then if it's not, then it's just data that's for entertainment purposes. And, the, if for us to grow as a species, it's important for the shaman to be able to eliminate um, false data or informational data that is not serving you and actually bombarding you with distractions uh -huh. so that you can get back to your truest self. Uh -huh. This is one of the things that I love the most about you is you have such a wonderful way of, of calling things out. Like you're really not afraid to speak your truth and yet you do it in such a, a compassionate and, and with such clarity that I think when I've seen you kind of be kind of brutally honest with people, um, you know, in, in a real life situation, it's hard for people to take offense at that because you're doing it from such a kind of, of place of authenticity. Was that something you had to really, to really learn to be able to be that direct? Um, or was that something that always came naturally to you? A lot of people would be scared of just like being that kind of honest. <laughs> Uh, I, and thank you for what you said. That was really beautifully put. And, uh, and for me, it's really been about, um, so, I mean, I was a kid in school who was picked on. I was a kid, you know, who was considered the geek, the nerd, the, the, the person that, you know, people called me a witch. They said I did black magic. I mean, everyone had some kind of name for me. And I just realized that there are two types of people in this world. There are those who are slaves and there are those who, who break the rules. And breaking the rules are the ones who are free. And so I always wanted to be a free person. And so I learned very early in age from all the ridicule and all of the bullying that I went through that the people who were bullying me were afraid of themselves. And so they were afraid of me because they didn't know themselves. So they weren't defined. And so because they weren't defined and I was comfortable being me, it made them threatened or uncomfortable. And so it made them question themselves, but without, you know, them really taking a full conscious um, direction to it. And I realized that in order for me to really love someone, if I'm really going to love someone, I'm going to tell them the truth. And I, I find that in society, the way that society was built it was built on domestic abuse. So we were born into a family 
where we were told that we're loved when we do things good and we obey the rules and we get good grades and we do something that we accomplish, that's when we get love. So we have built our whole entire creation on that same idea that we've even turned the creator into a Santa Claus type figure and people are constantly doing things with this whole idea that if I'm good, I'm going to get great things happen to me. And that even means them having to lie to themselves or to be out of integrity with others, including themselves to just be liked and loved and even choosing jobs that they don't really like and being married to people for many years that they don't like and that it's not real for them and authentic for them for their true happiness. And I've learned right away by watching as a kid, you know, how I would get love when I did the right things. And then when I didn't do something, I got, you know, spanked and I got in trouble. So I realized that, you know, for me, it was really this kind of duality of, of, you know, the polar opposites of like, you know, so if you do good, you get love. And if you don't, you don't. And I saw, I realized that society was operating in that same way when it came to communication and how people can receive information and how honest you can be with a person before they actually take offense to it. And we as a society have blanketed our, our true values and our true selves. And this is why a great deal of human suffering has occurred because we are not willing to really look at things. Whereas children are the first to, um, to point out to you the truth in every situation. Um, you know, I'll never forget one time I walked into a house and this little girl said, she, you know, she looked at me and she goes, hi, Derek. And I go, hi. And she put her hand on my stomach. She goes, a lot of groceries, you know, and, uh, <laughs> And, you know, I just started laughing. It was, it was, it was, it was so absolutely wonderful and delightful truth, you know, and, um, you know, and like the, 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 the concept of, you know, what we have become as a society of people has become shadowed because of our own blanketing of ourselves that we have lost touch with who we are because we can't even embrace the, the truthful things in ourselves that we feel that we can embrace and, um, and love. So we constantly, that's where, you know, where lying comes in and cheating comes in in relationships. That's where people get sick and cause health problems because they're, they've been sitting in a, in a job that they've hated for more than 20, 30 years. They're not eating healthy. They're not, then they know that they don't like, you know, feeling bad in their body, but they dismiss the feeling bad in their body and continue down the same path of destruction because they're not willing to be honest. So for me, I made a decision at um, a very early part of my life that I wasn't going to lose my childlike self and I was going to tell people exactly what I see and, um, and they can get mad and they can jump up and down and whatever, but I know that's all part of the growing pains of coming out of the programs that they were programmed into and get into the place of true authenticity and, and, and self-love, which is basically me loving them no, uh, regardless of how they're going to react. Yeah. So I, so that's kind of how I formulated that. And then it just, it, at first it was a little scary, you know, because I would tell people like, you know, on my birthday party, people would bring me gifts. And if I didn't like the gift, I told them, you know, like, uh, this isn't for me, <laughs> but thank you. You know, and the, 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 the look on people's face, the comments that I got from other, from other parents and like, you know, and I said, well, I mean, and, and I don't know what people want me to do. They want me to accept a gift. And then what, what am I going to do? Regift it. So I can just basically say, thank you for your gift. And I see that you're forcing me to take it to make you feel good. So I'm going to regift this. You just know you're going to get a regift. This is going to be a regifted gift. But thank you. 
you know, or like I noticed in, in, in parties, like when I got a little bit older, I'd get invited to people's parties. And then like these people who have these homes would expect me to find them in a, in a, in a, a, sea, a sea of people and, and say goodbye to them. And I, so every time I wanted to leave a party, I had to go find the host who threw the party. Like, like I was like, it was where's Waldo. And I had to go and find this person to make them feel good. Like I appreciated their party. And then I just got to a place where I was like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going on a goose chase. I'm not the Easter bunny. I'm not looking for the golden egg. I'm not, I'm not in the mood to go surfing through upstairs, downstairs through this house and looking through people and trying to spot the host of the party so I can go and give them a hug goodbye and thank them for inviting me. I just left. And if for people would, you know, would respond and be like, I can't believe you left my party without saying goodbye to me. You know, you have to be willing to realize that as we change the social structures of how we built them, which have been incorrect, there is um, a level of discourse that's going to people are going to display. And they're going to, some people are going to be volatile, upset. They're going to attack. They're going to make um, all types of uh, things that where they feel that they are justified and um and how they are being treated and and uh you know and the thing what they have to understand is the only way i'm treating them is with fairness and authenticity i'm not gonna um you know to 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 pretend and when people would serve me food on the table at their homes as kids the parents would be like invite me to the house to eat with my friend at their house and they serve something on the table i didn't want to eat I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't want to eat the meat. And they're like, oh, no, but we eat meat in this house. I'm like, well, that's great, but can, do you have something else that I can eat? They're like, no, you're going to eat the meat. And I'm like, no, I'm really not. I'm not going to eat the meat. And so I was got being disinvited from things, and that's okay. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it, it was. At first, it was very painful, you know? Like, I had to, like, ask myself, and, you know, it, it, you have to be courageous. And I, I, I realized that I had a lot of courage to face, um, you know, these things, because to me, I was looking a while, I'm getting bullied in school, but the true bully is society. Yeah. And, and so I realized that like, I have to live me because there's only one of me and I have to live me. And if people have a problem with me telling them the exact truth as I see it, um, and what, what spirit is telling me in my being, um, you know, then it, and it, and it happened with my dad too. Like I even told my dad, I was like, I see that when I call you dad, you play this game of hierarchy with me, such as I'm the father and you're the child. So I should start calling you David. So that way we're equal, you know, and he would get mad. And, and so I, I realized that it's going to take some time for us as a society to be able to shift into authenticity and into transparency. But at the same time, um, I think it's going to be a beautiful movement for us to, to take and adopt into our lives so we stop people-pleasing and running around trying to make everyone happy so that we can be considered good. Yeah. And, I guess it's a lot to do with the power of attraction, isn't it? Because we're taught to chase. We're taught to work hard to get everything, like you were saying, to, to please. And what you're talking about is having a having a knowledge of your own self, which knows that you're going to then, if you build up your own energy, your own power, you're going to attract everything you need to you rather than chasing after the wrong things. You can, you can bring in what you need. Exactly. 
and you don't want to be a hungry wolf because that's the, the, that's the worst situation because then you put yourself in danger because then you're, there's people in the world who go, oh, she's desperate. Or, oh, he's desperate. So let me give him a little bit of what he needs and then let me take advantage of him and, uh -huh. and, and, um, and have him become a slave to what my needs are. Uh -huh. And people do that all the time. They fall into that, into that web, into that trap because they haven't defined themselves. That's why I tell people, you gotta define yourself, you know? You have to define, that's why I call myself Shaman Dirk, because I'm defined. People are like, isn't that kind of egotistical that you you put shaman in there? We already know you're a shaman. Like, it's like you also, you have to tell everyone that you're a shaman. I said, um, yeah, and I'm, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, I'm defined, I'm defined. So you can't be like, uh, he's bubble, bubble Dirk, or you know, he's Reiki Dirk, or, no, I'm Shaman Durek. That's who I am. And I'm defined. And so if someone says, oh, you're an idiot, be like, well, that doesn't stick to me because I already defined myself as, <laughs> as a smart intellectual person. So that does, I'm defined there. So that whatever you're saying is not going to affect me because I've already defined myself. Do you see? So the people who are not defined, that's where we have problems. Because people who don't define themselves, they get defined by others. People who don't know what they want in life, then other people will tell them what they want. And people who don't have direction, then other people will lead them in their direction. And this is why so many people suffer. Yeah. It's from Kate Magic. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I love Kate Magic. And I even tell people, you know, I tell people imagination is 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 your magic. Yeah. Imagination is your magic. I you know, I tell that to people a lot when I when I speak. Yeah. Is that imagination is 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 true magic, yeah. right? And you are full of imagination. That's why you create so many beautiful and wonderful and, and most beautiful miraculous things in everything that you do, even in your style and the way that you carry yourself, is because you're not meant to be in a box. You're magic. Magic cannot be held in a box. I don't know why they always say there's a magic box. I'm like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you can't you can't put magic in a box. Magic needs to be able to 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 you know to express itself divinely. Yeah, well, I believe we're no. all magic, aren't we? We're all magic, and Absolutely. it's about tapping into those universal laws, which is so much stronger and more powerful than the, the man-made laws that, like you're saying, they restrict us. But it's about giving people space, isn't it, to to tap into their own their own magic? Absolutely, I think people need unicorn power. <laughs> you know, they do. They need. They need. They need to be able to call on that energy of the horse, which, which is strong, but with the magical powers of that horse, which is the unicorn, which is like really being able to say, I'm here to bring full creative expression and movement in my life without being soft or, you know, held back. Mm -hmm. So I be, you know, shamans, we believe very strongly in, in animal spirits and allies, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a great energy and power that's found in, um, in mythological creatures. Mm -hmm. Earlier, you were talking about rites of passage, that you went through rites of passage to become a shaman. Do you want to explain to us a bit more about what that means? Yeah, so every um, shaman, medicine woman, or any type of seer, or anyone who works in the field of asking spirits um, to give them extra powers in the physical plane has to show a level of humbleness and humility um, in the in the physical world to be able to gardener these energies into the physical form and so there are certain tests that are given to you by the different elders and spirits in the spirit plane and we call them rites of passage 
and a rite of passage, um, you know, like an example of a rite of passage would be like a woman having a baby, right? She's having a rite of passage. That's why she goes through all the labor pains and all this kind of stuff because it's it's an energy. That's why she carries the baby for a long period of time because it's, that's a rite of passage of birthing and bringing a life form into the planet and knowing that you have to take care of yourself just as much as, you know, it, whatever you do, whatever you you know, you're doing, it's going to affect the child. Well, it's the same thing. So in shamanism, a rites of passage is the ability to, to let the spirits teach you a lesson and go into that lesson. And the lesson is to show you uh, the level of humbleness and humility, but also that you're ready to take on working with people at a level that requires you to have, um, you know, uh, the, 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 you know, the know-how to deal with any situation that pops up. And, um, and so some people's rites of passage could be they lose their eyesight. It could be they die. It could be that they can't walk anymore or they have to heal their legs. I mean, it can be a multiple of things. Uh, it could be excruciating pain they have to go through for like 20 years before they complete their rites of passage. So a lot of people who are, who call themselves shamans, I always ask them, did you take, what was your rites of passage like? And they're like, rites of what? And I'm like, okay, so you're not really a shaman yet because you haven't really devoted yourself to the spirits that ask them to, 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 you know, to put you into that space. Um, for myself, my rites of passage, because of what I do, I'm a spirit shaman. And to clarify that, a uh, spirit shaman is one who has a relationship over a long period of time with the spirit plane. I'm a gatekeeper. Um, um, a, a guardian of the gates actually would be the best way to explain it as the African tribes explain it to me is that means that I have access to all the four levels of elements um, that people hold in their body and I have access to the spirits from all the different planes that I can talk to and, got, and, and, and gain their help to support people and, um, and energy and you know all of this stuff that goes along with it so like for instance if someone comes to me and they're like oh I took Reiki well, I can take that person and open up the gate where that Reiki energy came from and, and make it stronger for them and teach them how to access more symbols that weren't even brought to earth yet that connect to that Reiki um, attunement. So, so in that process, to be able to have those gates of, um, open to me and be able to use those powers, I had to physically die. And then I had to have something taken from me, which was my kidneys. And then I had to have something be humbly given to me, which was my sister giving me the kidney. And then I had to suffer for a period of time, which is me being on dialysis for eight years. So I can understand human suffering because as a shaman, if I'm going to be working with the people in the public who go through pain and suffering, how am I any good to them if I haven't experienced it myself? Uh -huh. It's easy for me to say, oh, you know, this pain, it's, you know, don't focus on it because, you know, you have to focus on this. No, it's pain and it sucks and it hurts and I felt it and I know what it feels like. But there's ways that we don't have to be angry people and take out our anger and from the pain on other people because I was in pain for eight years and I demonstrated only love and, and kindness to people during my um, experiences. And so that gives you, um, you know, as a shaman, it gives you a jumping point that the elders, what they do is they give you lessons that make you have to go through things that you would have to actually better be present for in other people's lives. Uh -huh. I saw a, I read a great quote last night, which is something like pain is a necessary part of life, but suffering isn't. It, it's very true. <laughs> Your phone agrees. <laughs>
it's like, like I'm not a shaman, the shaman who's on 24 hours. I mean, literally, when you're a shaman, uh, you're on call. I feel like, you know, the doctor who's on call 24 hours a day, that's me. I get phone calls 2 o'clock in the morning, oh, 4 o'clock in the morning. My son, my son's having breathing problems, shaman. What should he do? Do you have any oil in the house? Okay, yes, I do. Okay, do you have, you know, it's like, it's, it's nonstop. Okay, it's well, nonstop. Let's go there then. So, self-care. How, how do you practice self-care? How do you keep your energy up when you're giving so much all the time? What are the important things to you to make sure that you're strong and happy? Well, for me, it's really about being a hermit. So I like to go into hermit mode where I can go and be a kid and play with toys. Um, I have video games that I play with. I meditate. Um, I do certain kinds of, um, of shaman passages. Shaman passages, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie um, OA where they do these, these movements uh -huh. where they open up energy gates. These are called shamanic passages. And so I, I, I have a whole bunch of shamanic passages that I do to, to open up energy gates that I can pull energy from into my body. Uh, perhaps sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll check in the frequencies of, of the elements in my body. So I'm a, you know, in African Dagaran, I am an air, a mineral um, element. So the mineral element um, for me is basically opening up the energy channels of that element and then see if I have unbalanced elements in my being. Like if I'm running too much fire, you know, um, I, I'll drink more water, I'll go to the beach, I'll, you know, I'll burn down that fire so it doesn't burn me out. Uh -huh. And, and if I have, if I don't have enough earth element, I'll go do something in nature. I'll go be with the trees, go ride horses, you know, go be in nature. And so what happens is by me balancing those elements and then acquiring a level of play and laughter, that generates a high source of endorphins and serotonin in my body, which gives me the energy that I need to be able to do the things that I'm doing. And the most and the most effective thing for me is to basically remove to make sure that my that cortisol levels are very low in my system. So any form of like stress or reaction or any kind of like um, anxieties or anything, I don't allow them to to sit with me because if they um, sit with me, then I won't be able to go out and do the things that I do for people because I will just be drained because I'm running too much cortisol in my bloodstream and. You know, I'm just, you know, full of toxins. And then the other thing that I do um, is because I, you know, I, I am very much into Ayurveda and I am, I am a pita, a body type. And so for me, eating raw food is really helpful for me. Um, knowing how I, my diet works and making sure that I honor that and knowing when I should sleep and making sure I honor that. And then also making sure that I'm taking time to learn new things, which also keeps my brain active, honoring that as well. And then, um, so when I create these balances um, through these ways that I'm explaining to you, it allows me to have energy. And the other thing is I don't want, I don't waste my energy on nonsense. Like, so I'm not checking out the news and reading and listening to the news on the radio because that's draining life force energy. Um, I don't get into negative people's conversations unless I'm there, unless I can support them in a way that's easy and efficient, because that's that's also again the same thing. A lot of my self-talk is a huge a part of my energy recycling. So if I'm having negative thoughts in my head, I I don't sit there and let them play out. I immediately hang up the phone or I 
or I clear them through my energy field um, and through my thought process because um, that's drinking poison. And if you have too much poison in your system, then, you know, you're just taking your life force away as well. So I look at my energy as like I'm spending money and I ask myself, what am I spending my energy on today? And it's got to be things that are giving back to me. And that's really, that's my self-care, truly. Brilliant. I really want to emphasize, think, though, your, your uh, playful nature because you you have this wonderful, you get into characters, don't you? And you just kind of go off. Yeah. And, and, and we've been in restaurants where you've just started singing in the restaurant and I think that's that's a really important part of your of how you keep so it's a freedom, isn't it? I guess. Absolutely, um, it, it's it's being a kid. It's like I have you know I have a, a I'm, yes I'm very much a man and I'm very much you know aware of my feminine side, which is you know they're very both in balance and that's very important too to be balanced in both your feminine and masculine side. And I'm aware of the child, which is the fifth element of love. I'm aware of the playful nature of my child. Like if I want to sing, I'm not going to not sing because someone has an issue with it. I'm going to sing. You know, and if I want to dance and skip down the street, I'm going to dance and skip down the street. And especially in London, I love it. Skipping down the street in London and watching all the Brits watch me because they're all like, you know, holding themselves really tight, you know, and wound up. I don't, I'm not into that. You know, I'm, I'm into living. And I know that this is my life and this is my time. And if this is my time, I'm going to utilize that time in the most efficient way. And that means I'm not going to sit back and just do the very ordinary because to me, I'd rather be extraordinary. And I honestly believe that the crazy is the new normal. Uh -huh. And so for me, I believe that the more crazier I am, the more on purpose I am. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's why I will bust out in, in Disney songs in the middle of a restaurant <laughs> and dance around the tables. And I don't really care, you know, because I'm in the, I, I have one club that I'm a part of and it's called the, I don't care club. And that club, that club gives me freedom to be me and live my life to the fullest without, uh, you know, concern that there's certain levels of collectives that are around me and their belief systems are trying to find a way to shut me down because they shut themselves down. You yeah. see, all judgment and uh, people not liking those things is because they're in a collective of thought, a belief system that is connecting to everyone else's belief system that believes the same thing right. on the planet. And they are a part of that. And so that anyone in that collective sees someone who's doing something that is actually a threat to their collective, they have a program that gets sent uh -huh. to them telepathically to go find a way to make that person uncomfortable because uh -huh. it's making them uncomfortable. Uh -huh. So it really, it really comes back down to this, um, deep deep spiritual connection that you have doesn't it and that sense of of faith and trust in the spirits in the universe and um not not sweating the small stuff isn't it yeah and also the common sense of it all too because a lot of times people think spirituality is like drinking green smoothies doing yoga and going to india and putting a sari on and in fact that doesn't mean spirituality to me that means you just do yoga and you like drinking green juices <laughs> and you love india you know i mean to me uh spirituality is do you are you are you held back in your expression of life because of fear? Are you able to embrace the things inside of you with love that you don't like? Are you able to to give love in in the darkness? Are you able to bring light into the darkness and not be affected by it because you are told to be affected by it? You see, so that to me is true evolution: is being able to transcend the places where fear shows up. 
into using that fear because see fear can be utilized to bring change and it can also be utilized to not so i call fear the great agitator right mm -hmm. fear is the agitator and then love is the neutralizer uh -huh. right and so so if we recognize that in any situation right um, i can neutralize i can neutralize um, anything that's dark with love or I can use fear to motivate me to create new innovations, new change, new art forms, new, you know, things that will help not only myself, but the people on the planet as well. Or I could use fear to shut myself down and hide away and, and not dance free and not express myself and, you know, not react, not take action on that amazing idea that just came in my head that so if I don't take action, someone else will get the same thing because our brains are all connected. And they're going to get the download and they're going to do it. And then you're going to walk by a store window one day and see that the thing that you had in your head that could have made you millions is now someone else's um, reward okay. because they, they had the courage to jump in, out of that fear into the place of using that fear as an agitator to move them forward. Uh -huh. Can we talk about some of the ways that you work? Like what, what, what do you do? How do you work with people? What's, what's your favorite ways to work with people? My favorite way to work with people is to dynamically shift them into recognizing their own power. So a lot of the things that I'll do is, um, you know, someone will come in, um, I would read their veins and their blood flow and their body to find out like what are the issues that are happening on a physical, emotional level, um, you know, mental level, or what, where are they carrying pain in their body? If there's illness in their body, are there forms of bacteria growing in their body or, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, once I get an analyst of their body and talk to them about it, then I talk to them how these things are manifesting and why um, by talking to the elders and getting more information from them so that I have, you know, um, information that is actually coming in from a more accurate point of view. And then, um, and then we discuss it. And then some of the things I'll do is uh, I'll lay them down and I'll begin to do what I call um, shamanic power talk. Whereas basically I'm talking to the spirit inside that knows all the reasons why you do the things you do and why you made the choices you made and so forth. I talk to that spirit to start moving its power back to you as the, as the initiator. And so people at that point are like, whoa, this is crazy what I'm feeling in my body. And then I open up their uh, four levels of their, of their energy field, which is their uh, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. I call on the ancestors of different tribes, depending upon who I need. So if it's uh, like I worked on this guy who held all this fear and anger in his muscles. So I call on the Maori um, elder to come and to work on his body and his muscles and helped him to release it. So he started coughing up poisons and throwing up in a bucket. Some people, it's a little bit less aggressive. Some people, it's just me teaching them how their brain works and how they take negative thoughts out of their, out of their brain in the most easiest, efficient way and giving them the tools and then watching them practice it in front of me so that when they walk out of the room with me, they don't put me on a pedestal as the healer, but they actually put themselves on the pedestal as a healer. Um, because they're actually utilizing the tools. You know, I, I don't believe in guruism, and I don't want to be put on a pedestal. I believe that we are not better than anyone on this planet. I believe that we all walk together and we are together, and that my goal is to duplicate the knowledge and wisdom and information I have as a data stream into the lives of other people for usage that allows them to propel themselves and make quantum leaps in their lives. Wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I'm not to sit on a chair and be like, I'm doling out wisdoms to you, but I'm never going to give you the real stuff because I don't think you can handle it, which is what I see a lot of happening with yeah. gurus 
and a lot of people who take this kind of holier than thou way of doing things. And I say, well, we don't have time to be walking around like gods because we figured out things that other people haven't. We have to infiltrate the nonsense and and and, and you know divulge the the information in a way where we disseminate. Uh, the information that is actually serving humanity um, by, you know, um, going into a place of, you know, recognizing like what is working and what isn't working and then utilize information and tools that can support people. I don't want to be all the time on call because someone doesn't have their power on hand. Uh-huh. You know, I always say like if your wife says, hey, honey, how do I look? Tell her, how do you think you look? Don't let people give you their power because then they resent you and they become dependent on you. And I don't want well, I don't want to share a planet with codependent people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so if people were interested in working with you, how would they do that? You travel all the time, don't you? Where- I do travel. Yeah, I travel quite a bit. Um, and um, the best way for them to do that is to go to my website at shamanjerk.com and look at um, contacting an agent Uh you know, somewhere near where they are and, uh, and are contacting one of the main um, uh, uh, people, managers or assistant of mine um, and basically finding out if they, you know, can want to, you know, could work with me. And if they have a, a fair at a, a place where they want me to come, you know, I'm always looking for new agents to, to, to take on that country and, you know, and, and be the agent for, you know, cause like I have agents in London, I have agents in uh, Switzerland and, you know, agents in Israel, agents in Turkey. And so they handle the Turkish market and then, you know, and they, so they set me up with people and so forth and manage all that. Um, so we also look for that as well. And then our people can do Skype with me. They can do FaceTime. They can do, you know, all these technology. I don't know all the technology, the latest technology. I don't, <laughs> so is it just know. as powerful to work online? Do you find, does it have the same effects than working Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, I've had a woman in Germany who would, who asked that question, and she did a Skype session with me. And then I was on the putting her through a shamanic session. I saw her fall off the couch, and, she, and uh, <laughs> there was like all this gurgling noise and all this like screaming and crying and stuff. And then, you know, I just stayed quiet and let the spirits. And then all of a sudden, she came through. And she's like, "This was crazy. Are you kidding me? I could feel the end of spirits working on my body, and it, they put me and I fell off the couch and." This is crazy. It's happening over Skype. I'm like, yes, this is happening over Skype. Energy is, there is no discrimination in energy, right? You know, um, especially in the spirit world. And it can travel and move in quantum speed and, and quantum leaps and jumps. It's like a spark of a light, right? And so I, I work with spirit. So I can say, hey, go in their room right now and reach into their body and let's start working on this problem. And people feel it. When you worked with me last time, it felt like I was on a roller coaster in the galaxy, like out in space, like I could almost see stars and it just felt like being on a roller coaster. Is that, is that a common experience? Um, everyone has a different experience, so we can't really say that yours will be like everyone else's, but I mean, I'm a little jello. I wish I was on that roller coaster. <laughs> Sometimes I get jealous, you know, because I'm doing stuff on people and I'm like, and they tell me what happened, where they were and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, I wouldn't go there with you. Sometimes I do actually see these things, but sometimes I'm so focused in what I'm doing and holding the, the gateways open for the for the spirits of the light to come through. But like, for instance, for you, right? Um, like, let's say you're being in a roller coaster and you're seeing the stars. That's what the spirits felt that you needed. Because whatever they showed you is, was, was gonna, is opening up doors for you, opening up energies for you, clearing blockages for you. So that's what you needed to go through. And some people, they like, you know, I worked on this um, 
lead drummer of a, a well-known rock band and he you know the body was contorting and shaking and stuff and he turned into this little boy and started laughing for like an hour and a half uh -huh. so there was never one pause of from him laughing and he came out of it after an hour and a half and said i've never laughed for an hour and a half in my life i feel so empowered i feel like everything on the my life makes sense to me and like so everyone is different and you, you know someone can say all you did was laugh and I'm like okay you know, and then another person I was working with, with this like well-known DJ, um, you know, um, also the same thing, uh, he had experience where he was leaving, he said, saw himself floating out of his body into this blue, into this blue um, space and this energy, you know, out in, in space and who's flowing through the blue energy and then came back and it's like changed everything inside of him. You know, so it, it depends on the person. And then, you know, another person comes in and they get angry. They start yelling and screaming and getting upset. And then all of a sudden they go back home and all of a sudden they're cutting their hair, changing their life. And now they're, they're divorcing and meeting a new person. It's like, it, you know, it's uh, you, you can't I can't gauge what the spirits will do and how they'll do it. Um, but they do it. Like I had one guy in Wall Street. He came and worked with me. Afterwards, he said his eyes were hurting all night, and then he got up in the morning, called me. He goes, "Do you think I should go to the doctors because my eyes are hurting?" I'm like, "No, you had a, you had a treatment with me. I'm sure the spirits know what they're doing." And then he went into office and called me mid afternoon. He goes, "You can't believe what's happening to me." And I go, "What's happening?" He goes, "We were looking at the analyst reports, and I seen things, numbers that I never that I never saw the calculations to before. Like I never see, I never saw things so clearly." <laughs> It's almost like I have these visions now where I see things that I never saw before and it's now taking us up. It's, it's, it's improving the things in my, in my company. Uh, so everyone is different, you know? I think it's important to emphasize that you don't use any plant medicine or any kind of substances. This is all just energy work, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's, it's, more, than, it's, it's more than energy. It's spirit work because that's what energy really is. Uh -huh. It's all spirit. And uh, your body is a living organism and it's spirit and your heart was a spirit that chose to be your heart. And so it's all, you know, these energies um, that are living consciousnesses. And um, no, I don't use any medicines and I don't put anything in my body as well. Like I don't, I don't, um, I don't eat meat. I don't eat fish. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke. I don't put any type of anything in my system because I want to be a clear vessel um, for people and also to demonstrate the highest amount of power and energy so that I can teach people how to utilize those energies and it makes it better for me to be able to support people um, as a person who has a pure energy so that way um, and when I say pure energy meaning like not putting toxins in my body because I mean there's toxins coming in from somewhere I and mean, I'm breathing air right now I'm probably I'm getting toxins in my body but I mean at a very uh, let's say lim uh, minimal um, of the toxicities that I could put in my system uh, that are voluntary. That means like putting cigarette to my mouth or drinking alcohol and things like this. I'm not putting voluntary toxins into my body. Unvoluntary toxins that come from the way that buildings are built because they're built incorrectly and the cities are built incorrectly. That's a whole nother topic to talk about. <laughs>
but um, the, you know, the infrastructure of our cities and so forth, how it's built to actually make us sick and put us in hospitals, I get toxins from that for yeah. sure. Yeah. And the level, the, the lack of plant life in, in homes and, and outside of, you know, cities only having a certain amount of parks with a, with a high level amount of, of population, um, it, it, the frequencies of the heart and, and the, the level of energy that's being uh, burned out of a human body and the toxicity of free radicals and stuff coming in. That's why it's really important for people to eat healthy and to, you know, to really do what they can do for maintenance instead of using toxins as a way of creating coping mechanisms. Because those coping mechanisms are just just basically topping off the toxins you're already getting from just the city that you live in or the other, you know, the place that you are. So for me, it's, it's, um, it's about, it's about that. And that's really what kind of allows me to to get into that space with others. Yeah. Um, if people want to find you on social media, what's your favorite social media? How should they follow you? You know, I'm not really into Twitter. <laughs> I mean, they can find me on Twitter at Shaman Durek, and I don't usually check it that much. Um, but I'm my my one that I'm using the most is um, Instagram because on Instagram I put videos, teaching videos up for people educational videos. I do a lot of Instagram lives where people can um, ask me questions about things and interact in a beautiful way where I can give them information that they usually won't be getting from a shaman because they're not going to be giving it to people because they don't think people can handle it. And I'm very direct with people like this is the situation. This is what's happening. This is what the spirits are telling me. Um, so some nights it's lessons. Some nights it's me talking to the ancestors for you. Um, and also on my Instagram, I'm putting videos. I put a lot of messages, things that I'm doing and keeping up to date. And I'm very active on my Instagram. Um, it's I actually become like my pocket pal. I love your Instagram. I love Thank it. There's one video I told yeah. you. And I, for a couple of weeks, I think, I just watched it every morning. It was, it was, I love how things are working out for me. You had this little like, you know, I love this, I love that. And, and yeah, I just used to listen to it and go, I love how things were working out for me. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 then it and it does because you're using your power in the right way. You're bringing data streams into the universe that actually collect magnetic energy fields to the things that are actually really beneficial for you, versus collectively tapping into the collective of those that are good uh-huh. for you. So that's really the focus here is to create high streams of data. Uh-huh. And last question: Then, what are you working on at the moment? Are there any projects, new projects that you're excited that you want to tell us about? Yeah, so I'm working on building a shaman online school uh, for people who want to learn about shamanism and really be able to bring it into their lives on a modern level, make it a lifestyle choice. So that's being built right now. Um, I'm also just finishing up two books. Um, One is called Blackout. The other one is called uh, Spiritual Tool Belt. And the book is like, you know, your breakup tool, how to get over your money hump tool, how to, uh, to get over your stress tool. And it gives you like seven tools over, you know, on each thing. At first I talk about it and then I give you seven tools. So that will be um, go, uh, coming out at some, I think, next year. Yeah. And then um, I'm also working on a kid's animation for children um, called Misha Misha which is about teaching kids about languages, teaching kids how to love themselves, work through issues, how to love nature, how to eat healthy, all these different things. So that's been, that's been in the works. Um, and uh, what other projects am I doing? Oh, I just, start, I just designed a tarot card line called Elements, wow. um, which is really, really cool. And that's going to be coming out as well. It could be coming out either this year or next year because the graphic people are still working on the graphics for my tarot line. 
And that's pretty much what I've been doing. I've also been doing these um, events called Women Stand Up and Speak, where I'm bringing in different powerful women to speak about issues around menstruation, issues around um, women being trafficked, issues around women issues, um, from everything from being a mother to having to deal with, you know, just being on earth in the business world as a woman. So I've been building these uh, women tours. Um, we did one in New York at the Roxy, at the Roxy Theater, and it was really wonderful. We brought in this woman, Maria Del Silva, who started the first woman orphanage in Mali, Africa, who saved the whole village of um, from all the parents who were dying of AIDS. She took all the kids on and started an orphanage and taught these women how to love themselves and go out and get college um, scholarships. And she's up for a CNN um, superhero award. Mm -hmm. And uh, I brought in just some amazing, powerful women from all walks of life. And it was really successful. So I'm going to be doing more of those, which is going to be really great. And so this is what I've been working on. That's a lot. <laughs> the, the university then, so people can can do an online program to, to learn shamanism. Yeah, so the online program will have um, different modules, uh, different teachings uh, that they will learn about shamanism and certain ways of looking at the world and dealing with themselves and other people. Um, and then through that, they'll be given different um, skills, teachings, um, you know, things that they can learn with their body for healing, certain symbolisms, things of this nature. And, um, and then as they take on certain modules, they, get, they graduate to another module, and then they graduate to another module. And then after they get to a certain level of modules, then they, go, they, they meet me at a retreat where we, we have a, you know, an intensive you know, uh, you know, uh, connection of learning and talking about these things they've learned. And then they can go and take other modules. And then there'll be things that well, they can go on the internet and get that I'll make specifically for them for their learning. And so, yeah, it's going to be it's, it's going to be really special. And if people don't want to take the whole shamanic course, they don't have to. That's yeah. the cool thing about it is they can actually just take one module or another module. And I've been, I've been working on this project with my creative partner, Tiana Grego. Uh -huh. And um, we both came up with the idea because there's all these online schools now where people can learn about meditation and this. Uh -huh. And I said, well, no one's doing an online school for shamanism and the core, the, like not shamanism where you just take rocks and you bang a drum and find your power animal. But shamanism from the core of like, yeah. how do you find your signature color? Like, if, how do you do coding? Like, for instance, like, if you say a certain word, um, an, an image, can you can find images. Like, you can say uh, an image will come to you and it will be like, say you want an image that's going to make you happy. You say a word in shamanism and the image shows up in your head and all of a sudden you start laughing. Or, you know, you say you want to feel empowered and you say the word and all of a sudden this image shows up that really makes you feel empowered. And it's, it's mind-blowing. And people are going to be like, whoa, our code. You know, like if you say, certain, uh, you say a certain shamanic word and a number shows up in your, in your thoughts and you say the number out loud and you, you say the word activate, all of a sudden you get this heat in your body and all of a sudden this, it's unlocking some power inside of you. You know, this is what I'm talking about. I'm taking it to the next level, not, you know, not on the very like, let's bang a drum and find our power animals and let's do some soul retrieval. Like, I mean, that's all rudimentary to me. I think that it, it's wonderful and it's been helpful, but we have to take it up a scale, a big scale. And that's what the, that's what the online school is going to do. Uh, Derek, thank you so much. That's been epic. 
really thank you so much for sharing being so generous you're so generous with your I mean that's a, that's another thing maybe I should mention to close is that it's, it's the generosity of your work that is is really inspiring as well as how you just you're so um open in in sharing all this information so so ready and willing to 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 um spread spread your magic oh thank you you know so, you know I say I say um I am a natural born giver and uh you know I always tell people that you cannot no one can ever use you or take advantage of you because if you're a true giver you don't have expectations of when you give something to someone you just give because mm -hmm. that's just who you are uh -huh. And, um, and I just, I'm a natural born giver. I've always been that way since I was a kid. My mom told me a story once where she took me to a dentist and she couldn't find me um, after she got dent leaving the dentist. She's supposed to take a candy or like something, which is like some toy out of this box. And she wanted to look down and call my name and she couldn't see me. And she, she was like, oh my goodness, we need to go find my son. And there I, and she found me like two blocks away. I was had my arms wrapped around this woman on the bench who was crying Aww. and I would, she came and my mother said that the woman said, you know, you have a very lovely daughter. My mom goes, oh, no, he's my son. And then uh, she goes, oh, your son is so gifted. He told me all these things about my life and I feel so much better. And, and my mom goes, oh, did he now? She's like, oh, yeah, that's how he is. And I've always been that way. I was always the guy who helped the woman across the street or I was always the guy who got up. And like, you know, the girl was freezing, you know, and all standing on a terrace, I take my jacket off and put it around her. I believe that if we, it doesn't cost anything to give love and to share kindness to human beings. Brilliant. It just doesn't. That's such a wonderful night to end on. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, my love. I'll see you in London. Yes.